The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. I actually had a whole half hour to get settled in from being on the road before doing the show this week. We just had a short trip today. We're in Utah. Ty and I are making our way slowly towards Sedona for my event there next month. And it's unusually cool, a little rainy here in Utah. Believe it or not, I had long jeans on and a long sleeve shirt this morning. It's in the low 50s. And I know some of you are a lot warmer than that right now. So let's see. I want to just remind you the August 29th, right? Coming up in a couple of weeks here, we have a channeling for charity event. I'm going to be channeling my guide, Sanaya, live, and they will be speaking to you and everybody tuned in. They'll answer a few questions. I have no idea what they'll talk about, but I guarantee you it's going to be about oneness and love and how to live our lives with more peace. And just by participating and contributing, we will be supporting Care Camps for Kids, a beautiful initiative for children with cancer to attend camp at no charge and forget about everything they're going through. So please just go to my website, SuzanneGiesman.com. Right there on the homepage at the top on the banner is an announcement about that. And you can get more details and sign up to join us. So today my guest is an author, a medium, a psychic, a healer, all kinds of things that we're going to have fun talking about, but uh, it's all detailed in her book. Her name is Diane Richards. Her book is Finding Emmeline, How I Connected with the Past Life, the Other Side, and My Purpose. I read her book from cover to cover and just ate it 
up. It has a lot to do with some interesting things that happened in the city of Savannah. And many of you know that I now live in the South. I live about 45 minutes from Savannah, and it happens to be one of my top favorite cities in the entire country. I'm going to be teaching a class there, in fact, uh, October 23rd and 24th. So if you're at all interested in joining me there, that's also on the banner of my website. But let's turn this over now to Diane. Diane Richards, welcome to the show. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so honored to be here. Well, I'm honored that you would give us the time to talk about your your just amazing things that happened in your life. I'd so identify with all of them, and everybody will understand why. I just want to explain if anybody hears a funny noise in the background. I'm back at Hill Air Force Base, and those are F-35 jets flying overhead. Part of the, the deal when you travel on military bases. So, Diane, let's talk about... You as a medium and connecting with the other side, when was your very first experience of doing that? Well, you know, like most people say, they had an early experience as a child. Um, I did have one um, when I was about five years old and my grandfather passed. Um, he did. I did see him come to me. Um, he gave me a kiss before he left. Um, oh. I clearly see what he was wearing. Um, and as quickly as he came was as quickly as he as he left the room. And when you're younger, or at least when I was younger, I didn't think so much, too much about it. I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal that I liked to ride my bike in the cemetery in the quiet there. I felt very connected to spirit. I was never, it didn't scare me. I, I felt um, at peace with it. Um, but then as life goes on, you learn, or I learned, to bury it and to move on. And um, Well, did you share that with your parents when it happened? And if so, what was their reaction? I did not share that with my parents. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Because I kind of knew that they wouldn't believe me. Um, that was something that we really didn't talk about in the house. Um, I always, I never felt alone. But I... I always felt that I had spirit present with me, but it wasn't something that I shared. I always had an imaginary friend um, as I was little that I did share with my parents. I always dressed up in period costumes. <laughs> I mean, not uh -huh. strange. Well, you not know. so strange, as we'll go into the story more, I can understand that. But it's interesting, you call that an imaginary friend, and, and now as we learn more about mediumship, we would say that that probably wasn't imaginary, it was most likely a guide. What's your take on that? Oh, I agree, a thousand and ten percent now. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. I've, I've, it's been months since I read your book, but just reviewing it today, I was reading about your experience with your grandmother as she was dying. Would you tell us about that one? It was just so touching. Um, yes, my grandmother, my grandmother was dying, and um, it, I learned more about her while she was dying than I actually knew while she was alive. Um, I did not realize that she had a biological father that had left her as a, as a child and that she had spent most of her, her life searching for him. This was, a, I don't want to say a family secret, but this was nothing that was spoken of. 
And um, one night after um, I spent the day with her in office, I came home and I'm sitting um, in my lounge chair. And all of a sudden, I feel a presence come before me. And I very clearly is a man wearing a fedora. He's dressed in a very specific suit. He's he's um, rather on the shorter side. And he clearly tells me that my grandmother's time is here. Mm-hmm. And to please tell her, he will be waiting for her to help transition her to the other side. I had no idea who this man was. And what age were you at that time? Oh, I'm, I'm an adult woman in my, okay. you know, 40. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, so, so the next day I go back um, to the hospital to see my grandmother and my uncle is there and he says, he says, Diane, I was in grandma's attic and I found this, um, this box of things that I thought you might be interested in looking through. And on the top of the box was a scrapbook. So I started going through the scrapbook and in the scrapbook was the picture of the man that I saw the night before wearing the exact same clothes that Mm -hmm. he came to. Anybody else have goosebumps? (laughs) And I said to my uncle, I said, who is this man? And he says, Mm -hmm. oh, your your grandmother had a biological father, um, but we she never knew him. And this is a picture of him. And I just was like, oh, boy. So I spent the rest of the day with her and shared my experience and and told her. And and she could not speak. She was not verbal at the time. Mm. But the tears that just came from her eyes. um, And she was squeezing my hand. And she passed that night. Mm. But I felt like such a gift was given to her. Absolutely. through explicitly the way he was dressed in this picture so I would be able to make that connection of who he was to yeah. me. No. Yeah, oh. that just shows the, the brilliance of those in the spirit world because they knew that you would see that and that you had to see him that way to recognize him. It's beautiful. And then he also knew that I'd be the one that would feel comfortable sharing that with my grandmother. Yeah. And my family, well, I brought, I was brought up in a family where you don't talk about this, you know. This. <laughs> was it, was it explicitly so or, or just an unspoken understanding? Was it un, I guess it was an unspoken understanding, I would say. Um, but we just didn't really go there. Yeah. Okay. So instead uh, you went into the very left brain working world. And in fact, your book, Finding Emmeline starts out with you talking about just how busy you were, so busy that you missed some of your daughter's important events at school. Do you want to talk about the, you describe yourself as a workaholic woman. Yeah, I think that I um, tried to bury so much of my um, intuition or, or, or traumas of my past that I just kept very busy trying I, I think I was very ego driven at that time thinking in order to be someone you had to have titles you you had to um, work extremely hard and not that working hard 
is not a bad thing because I think we still work hard. Sure. But it was it was more for the accolades or like look look what I can do. Um, more to impress, I think, my parents um, looking for their accolades. So I really just threw myself into going to college and, and um, going to school um, and, and starting my own business. But it, it was tearing me apart inside. And you forget how important it is to be still. Because when you're still, that's when you really can hear. And that's when you can really learn. And, and what is it? What is it? Why don't you... T- Tell everybody who's listening, what is it that we want to hear? I mean, what's the point of being still? I know the answers of these, but I would love to hear it from you. Well, you want to hear from your higher self. You want to hear from your guides. You want to hear. Um, you want to hear the love that's there. Um, Amen. Uh, it's yeah. this beautiful I'm sorry I I like I feel my eyes welling up even as I'm talking about it because I can feel it and I think unless you really have experienced it it's hard to put into words and that's the beautiful thing that if we set the intention to connect with that deeper aspect of ourselves where we're all connected and do do spend just a few minutes being quiet each day you start to access that and Every one of you listening can have this experience where your eyes well up. So, yeah, check out my video, Sip of the Divine, if you just want an easy three-minute way to connect, Sip of the Divine on YouTube. But uh, Diane, Diane Richards is our guest today. You went to a workshop that changed your life. Let's go there. I did. Now, I, I always felt that I was intuitive. So I was a teacher, I was a principal, I was a school administrator, and I would use my my intuition to work with my students. You know, they say, like, how do you know that? You know, Miss mm-hmm. Diane, know that. And I would be like, I just know. You know? Um, mm-hmm. so I always knew I had the intuition. But I went to um, a, a Dr. Brian Weiss workshop, and I was really just going to get continuing education credits to keep my going not realizing that he was going to put us under he was going to um, do a past life regression on the group and I had such an amazing past life regression so detailed so beautiful um, so amazing that I was driven to know more I had to know more Um, and things that were in this past life regression made sense to me as things that I remembered as a child or the things that I were drawn child. Um, you know, you mentioned Savannah. Why did I always feel at home when I went to Savannah? Well, my past life regression was taking place in Savannah. I would go to Savannah as a tourist and people would come to me as though I lived there and said, it would ask me, can you tell me how to get to so-and-so? And for some, or, you know, some street, for some reason, I could give them directions. I wouldn't oh, know goodness. why. And my husband would be like, how do you know that? I said, I really don't know. That, that is so cool. <laughs> and no, it, it is cool. So I, um, so I really took the time after this past life regression to um, research 
because I said, because I'm also one of those people, like, prove it to me, you know? Yeah, if I could interrupt a second, I remember reading about the regression, and my big challenge also is that prove it to me, and as I was reading, and I thought, well, you know, could it just be that you have this interest in this place, so that's what your mind is creating, a past life in this beautiful city of Savannah, and I just love, and I, I hope you'll go into it, how the book unfolded all of these things with evidence that you just can't deny so we'll get to that but before we dive into that more i just would love if you'd share that even at that workshop with dr weiss you had to pair up with people and a very important connection happened with the woman sitting next to you would you mind sharing that before we get back into your regression that really was life-changing yeah um for me um in the in the morning we the morning was spent on um, workshops of doing past life regression. In the afternoon, uh, Dr. Weiss said he paired us up with stranger with a stranger and said um, we had to do a reading on this person. We had to each hold something, um, you know, like psychometric type of reading where you hold mm-hmm. something, others, and you just kind of read the energy from that from that object. And I had um, an elderly woman who obviously, you could tell she was very sad. And um, she said, uh, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm not enjoying this. I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, so after, you know, uh, Dr. Weiss led us through, you know, just some kind of uh, quiet music and things so we could just concentrate on, on the object we had to then share what what we felt mm-hmm. yeah and my partner said i'm sorry i felt nothing and i shared with with my partner exactly what i saw and i said you know i i saw at first i saw you in a row house and there were all these children around you when you're cooking stews and soups for them and bread and and you're feeding them and um, you're really happy because you're taking care of these children. I said, and then this bright light comes through and there's this handsome man dressed in a soldier's uniform and he's carrying a bouquet of flowers. But he wants to make sure you know that these flowers he picked himself because he knows mm-hmm. you don't want spending money on the flowers. And he, he said some other beautiful things to her. And... um. The most important thing he said to her was, it is not your time yet. I want you to know that I am fine. I am still with you. And he mentioned something, and I didn't share this in the book, but um, a routine that they would do at night that he would do. Um, And he said, I'm still there doing that with you. It's not your time yet. And at the end of this, I mean, the tears are coming down her face. And she says, are you a psychic? And I'm like, no, not really. And she says, she said to me, you just saved my life. I have been going from psychic to mediums to get that exact message you just gave me. And I was going to go home and kill myself tonight. Yeah. Yeah. There's no... There's no coincidence when you're set up like that. I know that was her husband you were bringing through, right? I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. So yeah, it was her husband. That was my husband, and he had just he had just passed six months prior. 
Yeah. And she's and- so lost without him. She didn't know what to do. And the, the message, this beautiful evidence in there was that she used to feed the neighborhood kids when she was young in that brownstone house and that that he, she would have gotten upset with him if he paid money for flowers and he made that point very clear. So you were yeah. not aware of your ability to do that at the time. That's what's so beautiful. No. Um, I mean, I know I was intuitive, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't realize that I, I could, you know, bring such an impactful reading. And then when someone tells you, you, you know, you saved their life. And like I said, I didn't feel I saved her life. It, it was this beautiful message from spirit yeah. that some reason allowed me to be that vessel to deliver it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel that it was me at all. Um, so I left that workshop saying there is so much more out there. Sure and it totally, I just went on this life changing journey of learning as much as I could, um, ab- about this wonderful world of spirit. And, um, now it's what I do full time. Awesome. So yeah, the, the, being a workaholic with this charter school that you founded it was it was your baby mm-hmm. you gave that up yep i did so okay. let's let's dive back into this past life regression and the connection with savannah you you tell the story so beautifully in your book finding emmeline how about telling us why the book is titled that because the woman from the past life regression her name is emmeline Emmeline Hartridge. Now, and were you given that name in the regression itself, or did you find it out? Tell us how you yep. made the connection between her life and what came through when you were under hypnosis. I um, I um, saw a house. I saw her in the house. I saw several things about her, and I saw her, but there was this one particular house, and then behind the house... I saw um, uh, the fountain in Forsyth Park. So that's how I knew this was Savannah. Hmm. I actually found the house. I went to Savannah and found the house. So this is, you'd already been going to Savannah. This was when you to told f- us earlier about knowing directions for when you were there. You'd been going there, and then you have this regression, and you see a park you recognize, and you now go back. Did you go back deliberately to track down what you saw in your regression, or were you just having oh, yeah. to be there again? No, no, I went deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> I went deliberately after I realized, oh, my gosh, this is Savannah. And um, so I went to the Historical Society and did research. To find out, you know, who owned this house, the details of this house. So you um, pinpointed the house. I know you say this in the book, but for those who mm-hmm. haven't read it, how did you identify the exact house with just knowing that it's somewhere near this park? Did you recognize it or what? I was drawn to Yes, I walked right to it and huh. said, oh, my gosh, it looks just like it did. And the strange thing is, it was one of the last houses left that had not, it, it, it's left the way it exactly was from back in the 1800s. <laughs> and what was so cool is, is, hopefully all of you listening will want to read the book. 
so I won't give away too much, but you were able to go inside the house. And mm -hmm. can you share with us how you felt what you saw when you went in that house? Uh, I, uh, I had chills. First of all, I never thought I could get into the house, but it ends up it's, it's, it's someone's, um, someone bought it and uses it as a, um, an antique store. And I thought the antiques were only on the bottom level, but the mm -hmm. antiques are through all three levels of the home. The only place you cannot enter is the attic. So I was able to go through the whole house from top to bottom. But you knew what you'd find before you even went upstairs or downstairs. I said I had I had people. I had my husband with me and I had a friend with me. And I said, I'm going to tell you before I even turn the corner. And you tell me if I'm right. And I'm going to tell you what this room, I'm going to tell you, you know, when we go up the stairs, what's up there, you know, and I was right with everything. <laughs> and so it's because and the assumption is that in the 1800s, in another life, you were the occupant of that house. Or the person that was coming through in my regression was the occupant. I was not convinced that was me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, but for some reason, this person who was coming through my regression is bringing me on this journey, which I was very happily, you know, going on with her. So and, and why happily? Why happily and not freaked out? Was it the? Was it because it was just so interesting, or what? So interesting, and because it just shows something that I've always believed, like the continuum of life. Mm -hmm. I, I just have always believed that there's so much more to this so, and that we're connected. So your book is filled with beautiful details, and I, I know you, you can't give them away all in one hour, but would you take us a little bit more on the journey that convinced you that you had been Emmeline Hartridge? So, so what happened? So, we, so we go, I start researching who lived in that house. And we find this woman, Emmeline, her, her family had owned the house and many houses in the area. And she, her life paralleled mine very closely. I mean, it it's stunning, everybody. I mean, I have goosebumps just remembering some of it, but, and we're going to have to go to a break in less than a minute. But if you want to tantalize everybody so they come back after the break, why don't you just share one in the last minute here? Um, I'm talking down from hot, um, childhood traumas to us both opening a school for the same, pretty much the same reason. Which was what? Um, because we both wanted um, children, um, teenagers to feel at home and accepted. Yeah, I mean that you started your own charter school for children who didn't feel that way and didn't feel that they fit in with people. And it was very successful. And here you find out that this woman, a single woman in the late 1800s did the very same thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you all are intrigued by this, we're talking with author medium, Diane Richards. She has a book, Finding Emmeline, and there's a lot more, but also more about finding our own purpose in life that we're going to be talking about after the break. 
So I hope you come back and join us. We'll be right back. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Okay, everybody, we're talking with author and psychic medium Diane Richards, who wrote a book called Finding Emmelyn. And we were just talking about how this past life regression that she did was so filled with details that she was able to locate the exact house in Savannah, Georgia, that she recognized in her regression. Now, I advocate people are open-mindedly skeptical let's you know can you make things up absolutely but if there's evidence in there then we know that there's meaning for us there so diane why don't you continue on with how you came to know that this was not your imagination and that you truly had lived a past life as emmeline well one of the the biggest uh, one of the biggest uh, surprises for me was that um Emmeline had started her own, her own school. Um, And Emmeline had been sent away uh, as a teenager. I had been sent away as a teenager. And we both wanted, we both felt as though, wow, it would be nice to have a school where where kids felt they could be at home and um, be accepted, be loved, and and still learn and get a good education. She, <laughs> I was able to go through, uh, I mean, because Savannah Historical Society has a whole area just on the Hartridge family. Wow. And I went through boxes of her curriculum that she had written, her mission statement for the school, and her mission statement for the school was almost word for word 
what I wrote for wow. my mission. Wow. When I was looking for my school, and I've always felt ever since I was a, a, a child that I had to own a school. Didn't know why. Just felt like I had to own a school. But it had to be in a house. And it mm. had to be in a Victorian house. Oh, my gosh. With a wraparound porch. Had to. Well, Emmeline's school was in a Victorian house with a wraparound porch. Here come the goosebumps again. <laughs> um, she was extremely um, progressive for her time and the way she taught and how um, to immerse people in the, in the learning and everyone needed to feel accepted and respected. And this is what she did. She left her school um, because she was tired of fighting the Savannah government who did not see the value in what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And so she left her school and moved to New Jersey and became a principal of a school which is still here in New Jersey. Mm. I left my school for a lot of similar reasons and because of the changes in, in rules and regulations. And, and I went on a job interview in Savannah to become head of a special education there i'm just laughing at the with the joy of this how this works now all of that you leaving your school because of the bureaucracy and you knew you had to was that before or after you learned about emmeline doing the same thing a century it earlier it was before <laughs> i had already left and i found out she did too for the same reason was it the preponderance of the evidence or one big thing that tips you over the edge to, to know this was a past life that I lived? I think it was the preponderance of the evidence, but also how just clearly things would come to me. So, for example, example I went to Bonaventure Cemetery in um, Savannah, and I said, I do not know where Emmeline is buried, but I know she's here. And I asked Spirit, I said, just please guide me to her site. Mm -hmm. And I was brought right there to her family plot without any, any, and it was just like I knew where I was going. And it was just a feeling I got sitting there. There were also mm -hmm. certain, Emmeline um, never married. Her school was her life. Her students were her children. And the people that she worked with were her family. I would say that about my school all the time. In fact, my husband and I, one of the first things when we got married, before we got married, is that he wanted children. And I kept saying, no, I'm going to own a, uh, a school. The students are going to be too much for me. They're going to be my, they're going to be my children. Hmm. I ended up having uh, that. I ended up having children, but I always had that in my head. Yeah. Um, wow. So it, it just was so eerily. Ooh. 
So go ahead. Feel that this evidence. Um, I also felt, I'm sorry, that my father was supposed to, my father, who I did not have a relationship with, was was at some point going to show his love for me by by leaving me some seed money so I could start my my school or do something. And when he he passed and and there was nothing, no mention of me at all in the will. And then I I find out that it was Evelyn's father who gave her the money and the encouragement to start her own school. It was like, wow, in my heart, I felt I had always had that. It was supposed to happen again. Huh. Interesting that 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 part didn't come to pass. But then it made me realize I have already had that. If 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 that's already happened, Hmm. one point in my life I've had that. Um. So there was just so many tremendous and 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 I listen. I can't even. There's so much more in the book, but I I, that I can't even, you know, share it all now. But I think the biggest thing for me was like, I was recreating a life that I had already lived. So a point that I'd like to discuss here is that the benefit of past life regressions is that they can help us navigate our current lives more easily. Because mm-hmm. we, we can go through this life without ever knowing what other lives we may or may not have lived. But how did learning about that past life affects you then and now? Well, it also helps me look at situations in my current life. I think that um, whatever it is, whether you past lives, current lives, if you don't heal or deal and heal hurt traumas if you're still holding on to to things um it will hold you back so obviously there were things from this past life i was still holding on to that also resonated in my current life that i had to face that i hadn't been facing Mm, there's that's the key right there and And so it made me do things like sit and journal, meditate, um, listen, accept, be kinder to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, the change is, is just, and when you're kinder to yourself, it's amazing. You can be so much kinder to others. <laughs> it's uh, interesting how that works. Yeah. You said that the, in the book that your, your workshop and the subsequent experiences left you searching for answers you'd kept buried and that you built internal walls. Have those walls come down and any yes. other techniques besides what you've talked about that could help other people to do the same? Um, things though I, I had... I pretended, I think, that I ha- I didn't resent the fact that I didn't have a relationship with my father in this life. I was able to make peace with that. And I was able to make peace with that also through doing a, a beautiful meditation and him coming to me in this meditation mm. and 
being able to feel him during this meditation and, and make peace. You know, um, it's so funny that that's exactly what I'm going to be teaching people to do in Savannah, in my Savannah <laughs> workshop, my personal mediumship class, talking with well, someone. So, mm -hmm. no confidence there. Um, so, I, and that was probably one of the most healing experiences. Um, so, that was something that was very helpful. To also better understand like where my mother had come from in her life and the fact and understanding that she hadn't let go of so much of her own stuff mm -hmm. and to understanding and loving about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, it, talk, you're talking about that but, higher perspective that allows us to see from beyond just our limited viewpoint, but to see why our loved ones do the things they do from their point of view. Exactly. And then to, um, you know, I do a lot of um, mediumship. I do a lot of readings. And I, my thing is that I always want it to be healing and for the greater good. And um, I've had so many people say that, that, and I'm not saying anything negative about counseling, but sometimes they say they get so much more out of this. Because yeah. of the aspect of it, because Absolutely. of the because of what? Because of the connection that they they feel, or the um, the evidence that comes through yeah. that we are connected, Absolutely. and that light. And I'll say often, I know we want them here physically, you know, to hug, to touch. We want that. But I hope at some point, you know, you get some, there's some um, peace in knowing that they are still here. Mm -hmm. So you're working as a medium now. You, you have embraced your intuition and psychic abilities. What else did you do with the newfound awareness that you had had for sure, at least, at least one past life? I'm sorry. Well, I'm, what did I do with my new... Newfound awareness that you've had more than one past life. Other, other things besides psychic medium. I know you've gotten into Reiki healing. Oh, um, I do. I do Reiki. I also do a lot of workshops. Um, I'm doing a workshop in Asheville in the end of September, um, where once again we, we teach people also how to connect um, and learn how to connect with their with their loved ones and with themselves um so you you it's funny because you attended that workshop with uh brian weiss on a whim yes. you've said do you right how much of that do you think was actually guided <laughs> i i do i i feel like that whole journey was guided and you know we have free will i could have said no i'm not doing this but for whatever reason, my guides were pushing me and said, oh, no, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I listened. <laughs> but, yes, but did you know at the time that it was guides pushing you? I, I, you know what? I think I did underneath it all. I think I did. Huh. And yet, so, so many people say, well, I don't hear my guides speak, but 
if we could intuit from what you're saying here that it doesn't necessarily have to be a conversation with a guide in the form of a person that they speak to us through intuition many times. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I believe that because I think intuition is our GPS. And um, I know myself, if I'm not feeling comfortable with myself, I tend not to listen to my intuition as much, which isn't good. Amen. Um, so, and it's a work in progress. There are days where we, we do question ourselves. We're still human. We you know we have good days and better days, and some days that aren't that great. It's, I can it's, attest it's, to that. <laughs> yeah, it's about having the skills. It's about having the tools in your toolbox, and knowing what to do to help you get through those more difficult times to get back on track and to know that you can get back on track. Yeah. Oh boy. I I often look back and say, how did we get through the first part of our lives without these tools? Well, we, (laughs) the hard way, right? Exactly. And you know, you mentioned meditation before and I agree because so many people think that, oh, I have to sit for 30 minutes and in a certain position. And, and you know, no, you don't. <laughs> it does not have to be difficult. It does not have to be long. Um, and for some people, it could be a, a simple thing that you do every morning in the shower. So, um, yeah. And I, those are the things I like people to know that it making things accessible yeah um the more that people can do for themselves i mean how much better it is for all of us amen so the subtitle of your book finding emeline is how i connected with a past life the other side and my purpose let's talk for a few minutes about purpose uh, Clearly, you're living your purpose now. Your life has a great sense of meaning as you help people in your work as a medium and a psychic, and your book helps people. But what what advice do you have for those listening about finding their individual purpose? I find that most people, when it comes to finding their purpose, um, they're afraid. It's it's fear that keeps them stuck. It's it's well, what if I fail? Or I'm not sure it is. I know, you know, what to do. And I just encourage people to step out of their comfort zone a little bit each day. Do something, or slow down and 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 meditate and think. Um, I also say that sometimes purpose, I find that purpose comes by doing what you enjoy, what what brings you, what feels good to you. And don't think about money. I like, you know, I'm not saying we don't need money, but I'm saying a lot of times your purpose will, will then, and you, you do it, it brings you joy. The money will come after that. Do what you love. The money will follow. Yeah. You've also talked in your book about learning to let go of ego. How has that been part of the journey for you? And how can we relate that to everybody who's listening? That's a, a hard thing to get around because people, well, 
people will think I'm crazy if I do this, or um, we're, we're concerned about what other people think. We are concerned about um, failing. We're concerned, you know, and that gets in the way of um, our truth. Hmm. Um, it also gets in the way of us actually hearing messages. How many times have people, oh my gosh, I was going to do that, but talked myself out of it, or I knew that was going to happen, and I um, I didn't. I well, said, it, it's funny when you said, Diane, you know, that get, gets in the way of our truth, and our, our fear gets in the way of our truth, and I went, hmm, because I was just remembering today's message that I get daily from the guides we call it the daily way it starts off by saying you are safe and loved and if everybody knew that we would feel no fear and at the very end of it it says this is your truth that you're safe and loved and you meant you use that word truth and i i feel that that's just so important for all of us to remember that we're always afraid that we're not going to feel safe or we're not loved and this is the kind of thing that we learn in the silence that you're talking about Right. It is. That's exactly right. Um, and I was just listening to a song that just resonated with me yesterday about how we are loved, we are safe, and we forget that. Um, but we are. Okay. Um, how- we have some kind of interference there with your with your um, earbuds, I think. Uh-oh, what happened? Okay, so let's just ignore it and press on here. Uh, love if you talk to us a little bit about the importance of staying balanced and how what challenges we can might you, face. I'm sorry, can you hear me or no? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Would you talk about okay. the challenge of staying balanced? Oh, that is a challenge because you have to work at it. Um, and stress is not going away. Um, things that happen in life are not going away. So you have to always be mindful of how to deal with it and taking care of yourself. And I know it sounds so corny, you know, put the, put the oxygen mask on you before you take care of others. But you have to. And so many times we, as a society, forget to do that. Um, Or we're so busy going, going, going. Um, But when things get out of balance, it's important that we know and have the tools to get ourselves back in balance and that we use them. And that we know the signs that, whoops, I'm getting out of balance. I really need to do this or this to get myself back. And not wait till we're so out of balance that we crash. Well, you you came pretty close to that with your workaholic life in the past. How is your life now? It's it's much it's much better. I I do know when to take a break. I you know there are signs times where I do overdo it, or I still will push myself or overschedule, and. Um, I also now have a family that will recognize it and say, uh, hold on. 
<laughs> Aren't you doing the exact same thing that you work so hard not to? And I was like, oh, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, habits, you can fall right back into them. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, um, but it is. It's just, it's about being aware. It's about being mindful and um, then knowing what to do so you don't do it again. Okay. So it's a constant state of of, of working at it. Yeah, and then awareness is key. Yeah. So you, you you tell a story at the end of your book, Finding Emmeline, a beautiful story about a woman named Maria who's now on the other side. And I encourage people to, to get the book and read it because the whole thing is just so full of evidence that we're part of a greater reality. In just a few minutes that we have left beyond those stories, do you have any one from any recent readings you've done that you're allowed to share, you can share openly, that just would give people comfort and know that there's so much more to this life than what we see here? Well, um, I mean, the story with Maria, to me, was so special because... um, she had left her country and um, her father really never talked to her after she left. And before she died, he came through um, and made peace with her and actually showed a family plot of where he wanted her buried back in, in the country, in their home country. And nobody in the family in, in the States knew about this plot. So they actually reconnected with the family over in Germany and found out, yes, and he formerly passed away. She was able, she was so happy. She said, yes, I want to go back. I want to go back home there. So she was, I just thought that was beautiful that it came full circle. And it it came through from him through a reading. Um, So that was, that was pretty awesome. I yeah. love I love that when the loved ones across the veil know what's going to help us here and guide us guide us from across the veil. Just beautiful. Mhm. I mean, I, well, yesterday I was doing a reading and um, I kind of felt a little bad, but I said to the woman, I said, I said, oh, your mother's coming through and, and congratulating you, saying you're going to be that you're going to be your grandmother again. And she looked at me and started Uh-oh. crying. She said, I just found out today, and nobody in this family knows that yet. Huh. I said, well, obviously your grandmother does. That's so. right. <laughs> and she said, comments. on the way here, she said, on the way here, my daughter said, I wonder if Nana's going to come through and mention that she knows that there's another baby's coming. So I just think that kind of stuff is funny. Or... um you know, I was at another place where uh, uh, I was doing a group reading, and I went to after I finished, I walked away, and I said, "Oh, and by the way, your uncle wants you to know he knows that the teddy bear he gave you is on your lap right now." And sure enough, she pulled out from underneath the table this little teddy bear that she'd been holding the whole time, and nobody knew it. It was there. So uh, you know, things like that, you just can't. They give you goosebumps. You can't deny it. Well, listen, we're about out of time, Diane, and I love that you shared it with those magical moments that show all of us that our loved ones 
who have passed are still part of our lives and know what's going on here. And your book, Finding Emily, has showed us that lives connect across centuries and across the veil. So thank you so much for being with us today. I thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And thank you all for right. all you do. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Love you all. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.